Hello and welcome to the ESG Fitness Podcast. The aim of this podcast is to help you think, learn and grow and hopefully smile and laugh on the way too. My aim here is to break down your barriers to taking action and provide you with evidence-based diet and exercise information in a fun and interesting way. I hope I nail that and I hope you enjoy. If at any point you are enjoying this and you think, wouldn't it be great to work with Emma? You can head to esgfitness.co.uk to find out more information. Without further ado, because I hate long introductions, here is this episode. Hello and welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. I have someone who people probably won't even remember it's been so long. Mr. Mr. Andy Hamilton, how are you? I'm great, thank you. How about yourself? How was your cruise? Good. I didn't really know what to expect on a cruise and everybody told me beforehand. I always thought it was like old codgers and like weird people. But actually, it was quite cool. Um, it was nice to see a few different islands. Uh, we Where were, were you? On, uh, the Caribbean. The Caribbean. Oh, the Caribbean. The Caribbean. <laughs> yes, yes. So we did Grenada. We did two days in Grenada. Um, Grenada? No, no. Grenada is Spain. Grenada is oh. the Caribbean. Oh, the um, Caribbean. Okay, right. Sorry. Caribbean. Um, yeah, so we did two days there because... Um, Sadly, Saint Lucia was. Um, we couldn't get there because it was a, there was a storm, and then we were in um, Martinique, Dominica, Antigua, and the back to Barbados. I'm sure, there was another island as well. But yeah, there was some oh. love, some beautiful. What, so, did you fly out to Barbados and then get on the boat? Yeah, so we flew out to Bar- uh, Bridgetown in Barbados, got on the boat. And then with overnight, you go, you move between places overnight. So you sort of pretty much, the boat leaves at 6 p.m. and you arrive in the port next morning at like 7 a.m. And then you can do your bit of bop. Like, so we had a couple of trips. So we went swimming with stingrays. We swam with turtles. And there was like an eagle ray and stuff there as well, which was cool. A what? An eagle ray, which is like a, like a smaller, it's like a smaller, more compact stingray. Um, uh-huh. Really cool. Um, did a spice tour. We went in to a bit where they in Dominica where they filmed one of the pirates of the Caribbean film, which is like a gorge swim. So you walk, you swim through the gorge, and then like there's a water in like a virtually a waterfall inside the the gorge, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, beautiful islands and just really lovely people. Like the the people there were just like amazing. They're so friendly. Um, like it was it's 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 just really weird because like you're you're expecting you know what it's like when you're in edinburgh people don't like tourists obviously i get that obviously over there tourism is their number one industry but they are so so nice so down to earth um and just just a cool bunch of people they're just so cool and so much so much history as well some really pretty shit history pretty horrible history yeah a lot of slavery right yeah, and, well, and Britain being not, you know, not the best. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, a few of the islands of now are now asking for for Britain to beg forgiveness virtually for what they've done in the past. And obviously, Britain are saying we're not doing it. Um, but yeah, but they they're they're all so such just really nice people, just really sort of mm. really really down to earth and real real fun. They're just a bunch of real fun people. So yeah, I. 
can't remember this, but I went to Dominica when I was very young. My dad was working there. And there's loads of pictures of like us on the beach with these Dominican families and like made loads of friends and there were goats around. And I was like, oh, that looks great. I wish that I was old enough to remember any of that. But unfortunately, I don't. It's it's It was probably one of my favourite islands. It was, it's just, it's like Jurassic Park. Everything's green. It's the one that they, they export water, fruit and vegetables to all the other islands because it's the only mm. one that has, or one of the few that has natural water. So Antigua has no streams or no springs. So it has to bring all its water and fruit and veg and stuff in. Um, so yes, quite a lot of cool, cool stuff around that area. Um, yeah, it was cool. Uh, Dominica, I'd like to go back to Dominica. It was beautiful. And also your island. outfit. Oh yeah, uh, um, yeah. True tart and true that decided to yeah. go Tom's. So uh, Tom's set uh, my my short sleeve shirt and a bow tie. So yeah, I was rocking it. Had the guns <laughs> out, had the tartan on. Like it was a look, Andy, and I'm here for it. Um, any any reason for me to wear either my kilt or my trues, I'm really we're, we're my all trues. My trues. Right, okay. We are question time. We're actually here to do a podcast, so we probably should get on to the questions. Okay, so we've got some ace ace questions from the group. I'm going to start with Laura's questions. Any recommendation on portion control? I think my main issue is often I go for second portion because I like whatever I'm eating. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel you on that one. Um, and I often find this, like, I'm very rarely that hungry until I start eating. And then I find it hard to stop eating. But once I've stopped eating, I don't find it hard not to go back for more. So I think it's the pause that's required. So what I would suggest is trying to find something else to do. So like, have your portion, enjoy it, sit down, slowly eat it. Don't, don't, I think a lot of people will eat the first portion thinking about the second portion. Like, no, 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 here's what you've had, like make it look nice on your plate, sit down, take your time, have a glass of water, have a conversation, remove distractions. And then once it's done, it's done. And then do something else so that you're not like in the kitchen picking at bits again and just have it as like a bit of a mark of like, okay, well, this is the end of the meal. Some people have a bit of a ritual, like having a cup of tea or something. Like, okay, well that marks like the end of the meal. Now I'm stopping eating. I can eat again in the morning, that kind of thing. Once you get in that routine, it's really easy. Like how, you know, you might wake up in the night, you wouldn't think about going to eat. Like it's just completely out of your routine, right? Kind of same thing. You'd be like, oh yeah, I'm in the routine of I have dinner, I enjoy it. And then after dinner, I stop eating and then I have breakfast. Fine. Yeah, no, I totally think, I think you're totally right. I think it's the, it's the thought process and pause that makes you, that if you were to take a, take a minute, it's a really fancy seconds, but you know what? I'm going to give myself five, ten minutes just to just to see how I feel, and then by the time the tenth minute comes, you're probably like, eh, actually, do you know what? Probably don't need it. Yeah, in fact, I definitely don't need it. And I think it is. It's where we, as human beings, we're exuberant. We get carried away, and if food you're enjoying it, you're just going to keep going if you're enjoying things. And then the problem is, is that you get to that point where you've had too much, and things aren't enjoyable anymore, and you feel bloated you feel stuffy you feel shit and you're like jesus christ i've just eaten too much whereas if you'd taken that little pause realize that that was a really good meal uh perfect that's me done we're all good i've enjoyed it and i can move on and get get on with something else but as you said a little thing something else you know i i quite like after now getting out and going for a walk with dog so 
we have our set our dinner up that when dinner's finished we get everything cleared away and then it's dog walking time so that's that little break that we have um and then yeah so yeah i think that's great for many reasons also post perandial walking excellent time to get some movement in and is usually like usually we have our biggest meal in the evening and then we sit and do nothing realistically if you're not diabetic or pre-diabetic your body will be able to handle that glucose load but would it be better to do some kind of movement after dinner and i'm not talking about like going and running or like you know like something's going to make you feel unwell but like some kind of gentle movement after your meal absolutely a great thing to be doing and then the other thing about the pause is it allows hunger to kind of sorry satiety to catch up with you a little bit especially if you're someone who eats fast and actually, that's one thing that you should really be thinking about. If you're someone who eats very fast, you'll end up overeating. So try and slow that down. And I'm someone who habitually eats very fast to the point that when I was a kid, I used to, and I could never figure out what it was until I realized it was just because I was such a pig and ate so fast. <laughs> but I used to eat so fast. I think I inhaled quite a lot of air. And then my stomach, and you could see it because I like, wasn't you know I was like a pretty lean kid you could see that like the top of my stomach was like expanded, expanded. And it, was re- it was really uncomfortable and I'd always be like oh my mom would be like what like and I'd be like lying on the floor like oh so much pain and you know what like it wasn't for a while they're like oh maybe maybe I'm like gluten intolerant or there's some kind of food I'm intolerant to no it was eating too fast like it was the air <laughs> from eating too fast <laughs> so it might not be to that extreme but you might have to train yourself to eat a little bit slower. And there is a, an interesting link between speed at which you eat and your BMI. So like this, this is there is at least a correlation there. And it's something that as a behavior you can do that again, is quite nice because it has nothing to do with restriction, nothing to do with calories or thinking about the foods that you're eating. It's more just about taking your time, slowing down, enjoying it, and you will end up eating less as a byproduct of that. absolutely okay here's one for you not sure i 100 i think i understand this right so claire says okay for an example on barbell squats as i'm to be careful of my back at the moment and i've not done them much before so working on form and i'm a weed at the moment i can't increase the weight as i'm only putting on putting five on them and i can do three sets of five kilograms Shall I just do a different type of squat? Thank you. Um, if I would suggest that you still work away with your back squats, um, potentially not pushing up too heavy if your back is an issue. Um, but again, that could be a technical. That could be like a technique point that you could that we could have a look at. So if you wanted to post up a video, we can have a look at that and see what's happening. Um, the problem is, is obviously trying to describe something. We can't see it. It's much better kind of visually to be able to see a, 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 an exercise to sort of get correct technique um, and cues, etc., to help it. Um, but you could push up the volume a little bit while using something like maybe like a dumbbell squat. So dumbbell, just a goblet squat, like loaded at the front. You could do sumo squats with a dumbbell or a kettlebell. Um, so yeah, but I would. There's no reason why you can't keep working with back squats 
uh, barbell back squats, that's you know, it's that's not an issue at all. But if you wanted to obviously to build muscle or to get stronger, you need to sort of push the load a bit more and the volume through the session. So you need to have a bit more weight each session to be able to sort of see the adaptation coming in or the progression coming through. So maybe adding in a little bit extra with a dumbbell so it's not putting the emphasis on your back if your back's starting to sort of ache or get sore with a back squat. Um, but yeah, it's um, probably best if you saw you to see a sort of video of it to be able to actually see what's going on. And then from there, you can probably quite quite a simple, um, a quite a simple fix um, on how to uh, get the back out of it. Yeah, I also wonder. I mean, if you've got a bad back already, that's one thing. And remember that you won't increase your weight every single workout. So like if you're saying yeah. I can only do three sets of five kilograms, I can't increase. Well, you know, have you been doing that for six weeks? In which case, then some of Andy's suggestions might be good. Like, can we create that stimulus on that muscle in a different way? And it doesn't have to be squats. I don't squat at all. Like you can do different things to work the same muscle groups that you would work in a squat similar reason because my back I want to protect my back it's not worth it to me to squat actually I use like leg press or leg extension or lunges yep. or you know something that isn't putting so much strain on my back so that would be a consideration as well you don't have to do squats and yeah I'm just I would just be interested to know like how long you've stagnated on that weight because you certainly won't be increasing your weight every single workout nor do you need to like progressive overload is something is over time not every single session it would be like can I increase my training volume over the month and actually the more experience you get the slower that rate of increase in weight is going to be yeah okay um Joanne one from me I'm fairly new to the amount of protein that I'm eating and I'm liking it by the way okay great however if I get to the end of the day and I'm satisfied and don't want to eat anymore is it okay if I'm under on protein and on calories or should I consider eating up my protein eating up to my protein goal so we get this question quite a lot and honestly it kind of depends so if fat loss is your goal and you get to the end of your day and you're totally satiated and you're say 100 to 200 calories under your calorie target fine don't force yourself to eat there's like this makes absolutely no sense to force yourself to eat when you're trying to create a deficit anyway and if you're a little bit low on protein, fine. However, if you're like, I got to the end of the day, I've eaten 800 calories and 20 grams of protein. Not that hungry. Should I just not eat? That? No, no, that's that's ridiculous, right? So at the extreme, no. Like if you've really, really under eaten, unless you're like sick or something, then no, you should eat. Like we normally don't like you to sway too much like above or below sort of 20% of your calorie target, which still gives you quite a big amount of leeway. Yeah, And then when it comes to protein, again, I'd probably go for the same. Like if your target's 100 grams and you're anywhere under like sort of 70 grams, I would probably try and think about increasing the protein. Um, but if you're just a little bit under and you're satiated and fat loss is your goal, then fine. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing really more to add to that one. Um, sometimes it is... But protein is always the one that you will have to keep an eye on because it is the one that you need to, to plan and prep. Um, it's the one that you have to do more most thinking about because it is the one that we want you to, to focus on. Carbs and fats, they can play as, play as they are, um, but protein is something that we kind of ask you to look at. Um, and as, a, as you said, if you're too low on that, 
Um, that can also cause issues with appetite as well. So if you're too low in your protein, um, protein is a quite a, is a very satiating food group or a food source. So if you're not if you're quite low on that, but you're still hungry, you probably need to up your protein quite quite drastically. Um, but again, you know, we set our tar- we set your targets for what we feel that you need. Um, and as long as you're sort of within ballpark figures of stuff, and that's kind of what we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lindsay's actually commented underneath. She said, "I had this situation yesterday. I was on fifty nine grams of protein, and due to have, and I was due to have a protein shake, but I didn't fancy it. I was full from dinner, so I left it. Not sure if that's the right thing to do, but I couldn't fin- uh, face drinking the shake. I would prefer that was closer to like seventy five grams of protein. Um, yeah." Because even if you had a protein shake, you're not hitting your 100 grams there. So I would think about the food choices you're making earlier in the day. Was there enough protein in your dinner, your lunch, your breakfast, maybe like a high protein snack? Um, But generally, yeah, like if you're a little bit under your calories and fat loss is your goal and you're genuinely not hungry, fine. But certainly don't because it catches you up. Like if you're like being stupid with it and you're like, I've only had 1200 calories today not that hungry trust me tomorrow you will be and then you'll struggle to control yourself and then you'll end up overeating and it's very very easy to overeat the bigger deficit that you created the day before and then Absolutely. it turns into this bit of a yo-yo because then you're like oh god I've, I've overeaten today so i'll massively under eat tomorrow it's okay i'll just cut back down to 1200 tomorrow and then you get into this horrible cycle so be sensible with it and if in doubt obviously just tag us in the group and we can give you some sensible advice Okay, Helen, any tips for stopping myself eating the leftovers from the festive period? I, I know we don't I know we don't like food waste, but bin them. Yeah. Probably the, probably the most simple way of doing it. Or um give it away can, if you can give it away and if not. Give, give it away if you can give it away. Make a homeless person a turkey sandwich, something like that. You know, there's loads of different ways you can do this. Um, there isn't any reason why you can't continue to eat the leftovers though and just put them through as meals you don't add them on top of current meals you have them as a meal so you could have turkey dinners for three nights rather than two um, but not having two and one turkey dinner, turkey curry turkey sandwich, turkey turkey soup turkey. yeah it's like come on guys get creative with it turkey stir fry (laughs) You name it, you can put turkey on it. Um, but yeah, just turkey um, porridge. <laughs> not sure about that one. <laughs> um, I think um, I do think that we uh, this time of year does require a little bit of self discipline. We do know this because there is much more. There are much more highly palatable foods around that than normal. More chocolate, more crisps, more snacks, more everything. And it does take a little bit more self-discipline to na- to sort of navigate the festive period. Be mindful. If you want a bit of chocolate, happy days, have the bit of chocolate. But remember, a bit of chocolate and a one kilo bar are two completely different things. Uh, one will get you closer to your goal, one won't. And you know which one won't get you closer to your goal. So just be a bit smarter and just be a bit more, a bit more not harsh on yourself but just a little bit more disciplined with the choices that you make and how you how you sort of structure the food around this time of year it's also so much harder to be disciplined when you surround yourself with temptation like i don't have to be disciplined right now because there there isn't really 
is there chocolate in my house? I don't know. Like it, there's certainly not like huge boxes of Quality Street left open that are like literally sat right next to me. That would require willpower the whole day to be like, I'm not going to have that. I'm not going to have that. I'm not going to have that. Yeah. Way less if it's not like in eyesight or just hanging around. So bear that in mind as well. I think we beat ourselves up a lot about like not having willpower or finding that we just keep like snacking on things. I'm like, look at your environment. It's always there. Thus, it's so easy to just walk through the kitchen and pick it up. Even, and I know that this is so simple, but like close the lid and put it in the cupboard so that you would actually have to consciously go out of your way to have something as opposed to it just being on the side. And before you know it, like it's in your hand and then you're like, oh, I didn't even really think about it and I've eaten it. That's one thing, like look at your environment. Um, Secondly, I used to... I guess like I wouldn't say struggle with this, but maybe a little bit of food waste. Like I really don't like wasting food. And I was completely in the frame of like, well, you know, if I eat it, it's not wasted, but it is if you don't need it. Like that's only true. It's only not wasted food. If you know, like you needed that food. Now your body is not a bin. And actually if you're eating excess food, it's like a sunk cost. It's like rubbing salt in the wood. Like not only, did I, you know, not only is this food a waste because it's excess, like, I'm sorry, but it's already a waste. Excess food is already a waste. If you then eat it, it doesn't suddenly not become a waste. It just means it's now your problem inside your body versus a problem inside a bin, right? And I'm not saying either of them are good, but like you get to pick which one you want to choose. It's kind of like, it's already a sunk cost. You've already wasted that food because you bought too much food or you were given too much food, you know, whatever. Let's not place blame here, but there is an excess amount of food are you going to put that in your body or are you going to put it in a bin? Now, as Andy's saying, if you're replacing a meal with the excess turkey that you have, great. Like that is a good way to like avoid food waste. But just eating food waste like doesn't actually negate the fact it's still food waste. You're now just consuming it. And then in excess, like when you look at sort of like our environment, like if people are doing that in excess over time, over years, like actually it causes a hell of a lot more problems than it would have if that food had gone into a landfill, like yep. in your body. Start start composting. Stick it in the garden. You go. Start composting. What's start composting, composting, Andy? You just put it in and it starts making stuff that you can put in your garden and feed your garden. It's great. Yeah, turkey garden. Horticulture. There you go, guys. Do you know what? <laughs> just put it in your garden. Pretty sure, right? like, see if I did that, we'd have like seagulls, seagulls. swarming down. <laughs> You'd be, you folk, you folk would be giving, folk would be complaining to the council. This girl keeps putting food in the garden, and there's oh, rats and there's big. squirrels and fucking seagulls or oh, seagulls and. They're some... quite strict around here, right? One time, I this was when I had grass. I mowed the lawn, and I have a tiny garden, right? And I put it into a bin bag, and I put it in the bin. One bin bag full of grass, right? got in trouble for it didn't i the like caretaker came around and someone had told on me you? as well oh yeah i know blast. he was like I, and he was obviously embarrassed about telling me off as well because he was like someone told me that it was like that it was you and like i have to come and tell you off and i was like oh, okay i was like well where am i meant to put it where am i meant to put the grass and he was like yeah i actually don't know <laughs> It's like, all right. And I was like, what, do you the want me to... that you put it <laughs> Yeah, like, do you want me to take it out? He's like, no, just don't do it again. I was like, all right. <laughs> um, hence why I no longer have grass. <laughs> yeah. And now I just have, 
do you know what's happened since my friend moved next door and she had cats we now get a lot of cats like coming to visit which at first I liked and then I realized that they just use the garden as like the, the, it's like where all of the cats at City Keep come shit to too. shit yeah, yes, they're shit they, they only come into my garden <laughs> I'm like great now I have that never happened before the other cats were here <laughs> so yeah. you know that's a lesson to everyone I don't know what the lesson is but yeah. and how do Not I stop fun. do I need some kind of like scarecrow what if I put like a fake cat in my garden would it scare the other ones away Probably or would it attract not. more I don't a fake I'm dog. Not sure. You can get there was a there's an old school one of if you get you know how you used to get glass milk bottles. If you put mm-hmm. glass milk bottles and half fill them half with water and put them in a couple of different places in the garden, the light shining off them apparently can scare off cats. Um, but I don't know if that actually works. That's an old school farming trick that they used to use. Oh. Um, so you could do that, but um, you could probably. Probably get some like you can probably get some sprays or something on Amazon that's like a cat spray because it'll all be do with marking oh, territory. Repel- yeah. Yeah, so it's like a repellent. Um, I, maybe that's why they all come to do their shit there as well now because it's become like a thing. Cayenne pepper, I think cats can't handle, but don't spray yeah, it at them. This I mean, is me dust, going around my a, garden with cayenne pepper. And he's just sat at home like. This is this is hilarious. So there's some so there's somebody that uh, somebody I know who decided to start. I, and you know when you get like an icy drive, they were salting their their drive with pink Himalayan sea salt. <laughs> Imagine the most middle salt. class thing. <laughs> I know. Go with your grinder. To oh be fair, God. it was the only thing they had. So, um, but sorry, salt. it's all we had so... in the pantry was this <laughs> Himalayan salt. Yes, it helped. It helps. It sort out the ice there. <laughs> yes. Okay. Right. Next question. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Nicola. I enjoyed the podcast on New Year dieting. Uh, on my walk, Emma. It was just what I needed. Thank you. You're very welcome. So, your question. I would really like to break the habit of boom and bust this year, and quote unquote beasting myself with exercise, only to treat myself with less than wise diet choices. I know this is key to me achieving success this year. Any suggestions? Do I need tough love or to give myself a break? So, be you a self-compassion yourself... is what you need. Yeah. Get, beating yourself up doesn't help anything. Uh, uh, if anything, it will throw you off the deep end even further. So it'll be even more, you'll bust it again. Um, that's, that is the issue with being hard on yourself. There are times to be hard on yourself. But I don't mean emotionally beating yourself. And there's times where people emotionally beat themselves for no reason. And like there are times where you do need to rein it in. But there are also times where you need to sit back and go, actually, there's a reason behind this. I need to be a bit more empathetic towards myself and take the pressure off. Because if as soon as you take the pressure off, things become slightly easier, funnily enough. Um, but yeah, the boot, um, like that's just a perfectionist mindset, isn't it? It's that perfection, all, all or nothing. Um, mindset and trying to let go of that is very difficult for most people because it's something that we've kind of had been drilled into you at school etc that you need to be perfect well, no you don't life's life's not about perfection it's about getting stuff done regardless of how good or how bad it can be done and it's just about ticking boxes and if you can take away the perfectionist mindset which is a tough one to get rid of that's probably one of the hardest ones to shift and um, you see that you probably become less 
it, there'll be less likelihood of you emotionally beating yourself up. So it's kind of a, a two, yeah. a sort of a two. It's the it's the, it works together kind of in tandem. Synergistically, Andy. Synergistically, I like that word. Yeah. Synergistically, I think. I think being hard on yourself because you expect more of yourself, like, but in like a positive way, isn't necessarily a bad thing. It can just no. kind of flip if you're Absolutely. beating yourself up yeah. about stuff. In, like rather than beating yourself up like encourage yourself as you would like we use this frame a lot like parenting a child right you'd support them to try again and not to give up and to do it even when it can't be perfect but you wouldn't berate them for getting it wrong now and again and I think that's the same way we should think about how we would support ourselves when it comes to the boom and bust stuff I'd like to kind of delve into this a little bit and like ask yourself a couple of questions about this like are you using food as a reward for exercise because that's something we need to break like think about diet is like how can I fill my diet with good healthy nutritious food that's going to make my body thrive and exercise is knowing that that is the highest form of self-care and the best thing you can do for yourself but it's not about earning food right they're like they're two separate things that are both so beneficial and as Andy says will work synergistically together but you shouldn't be using them like against each other. Like, oh, because I went to the gym, that means I'll have a burger after. Like, no, actually, because I went to the gym, that means I even more reason to fuel myself with good, healthy, nutritious foods that's going to make me feel my best. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I think it's, I think we, we are all very quick to beat ourselves up, but very few of us are, are, um, I wouldn't even say switched on. Very few of us want to be empathetic towards ourselves because we think that tough love is what everything's about, and it's not. Um, how many like in the the number of clients that you've worked with in your career? How many of them have actually needed a rock up their arse? Probably not that many. Do you know what some people do? But it's it's what's interesting is the people who think they need tough love always need self compassion, and yep. the people who think they need more like care and like kind of often need a bit of tough love yeah. uh, which is a, an interesting observation but I think when it comes to perfectionism or like almost the the pushback against self-compassion is that you think that you'll be lazy if you quote unquote let yourself off with stuff and that's not really what self-compassion is about and it's certainly what I used to struggle with is like, okay, well, if I let myself, I don't know, skip to gym today, then I'll just get lazy. Like actually I need to yeah. hold myself to these really high standards. Otherwise, like I'll just let myself off with doing nothing, right? Which isn't what happens. As soon as you let go of trying to be perfect, then you try things even before you can be perfect, right? Like starting a diet is one example. Oh, I'm not going to do it until I've got nothing on for six weeks. One, yeah. never going to happen. Two, not the point. And like, you don't need to be anywhere near perfect to get results so like having those expectations or those standards stops you doing things same with stuff like this I might be like you know oh the the podcast wasn't perfect like so we started our words a few times I'm just not going to put it out if I did that on every but like I wouldn't have any podcast right but like thousands of episodes if you add them all together so I think just allowing yourself not to be perfect and and thinking about starting commit six if I waited until it was perfect which by the way, it cannot be until you start. Same with your diet. Like you can't have the perfect diet 
until you start and you figure out what's going to work for, for you. And the only way to do that is trial and error. Much like the only way to make an incredible coaching program is by trying what you think is very good, getting feedback and adapting constantly all the time. Like there are always improvements to be made, which is why we're always making little tweaks. Exactly. Okay, Emily, how to stop the bullshit and get started. I feel like I've been waiting for the day to officially to come to officially start, but lacking motivation and not planning things when I should be. So any words of advice to just boost someone into taking action? Listen to the last question. <laughs> yeah. yeah don't wait for the perfect time because it's not coming. Secondly, this, I mean, if there was a perfect time or if there was a point that's like, this is a fresh start, I'm going to take action. It is now. It is the first week of the year. Like, enter this week with a bit of intention and be like this is the way I want my year to look this is how I want my life to be and as cheesy as it is like you can change at any point it's up to you you can say do you know what today is the first day of the rest of my life I'm taking a new mindset I'm going to intentionally write out what I want my life to look like and then from there I'm going to look at the action points I need to take so that every day I'm getting closer to my life looking like that you have way more control than you think. A lot of people are like, oh, but my work, oh, but this, oh, but that. Like, you only get one life. And I know it seems weird, but like, if you hate your job, leave your job, like, get a different job. If you hate the way that your life is at the moment, how can you make sure that you're not living a life like that this time in a couple of months, this time next year? Like, if you don't like it, change it, because you only get one life, and it's going to go way quicker than you expect. So if you want to make a change and you know you're not happy, start now. And today, tomorrow, you know, like that can be the first day of the rest of your life. Yeah. And a grab fresh start the, for the first week of the year. Grab the bull by the horns. It's something. It's very easy to keep putting things off. And it's also very easy to get shit started. Like it's very simple. The, the click point is you and you switching your head to let's get the shit done and as exactly as emma exactly as you said emma when is there going to be a perfect time what you are you going to put work off for six weeks no you can't do that like you can't take a sabbatical for six weeks just because you've decided to take your diet and your training seriously no are you do you think within that six weeks that you may not you you're definitely not going to get ill Probably not. You're going to get a flu or a cold or something because it's the time of year that we get flus and colds. In that six weeks, are you telling me that you're never going, you're not going to socialise? No. And these are the things that we try to help you navigate are the issues that come up and surrounded by these things. And this is it's a learning process. And this is stuff that, as we say, it's commit to six. But this is this is like this is us giving you the building blocks for the rest of your life. Like you can make this work long term as long as you want if you can sort of just if you give trust the process and uh, and listen to the sort of the, the advice from us but not only from us but from everybody else who's done commit to sex who's on committed etc you know there's so much good advice out there about you know there aren't any dark perfection there's no perfect time to get started you know how to navigate different situations whether it be socializing illness all these things and it's you just need to make the. You need to take the first step. That's all it is. You just need to. You need to step out into step out into the unknown and hope that everything's going to go well. Because at the end of the day, you've got 
four awesome coaches backing you to do this and a whole host of people on the group that are currently in the group that you'll that you'll meet through when you start up that will have your back. It's a pretty amazing thing. It's you know, there's not many other places where you'll have the support that you'll see if you haven't already signed up. Um you'll the support that you will see and you will get from what we we or what you've put together is unbelievable. Like there's I've I i do not really think there's anything anything that's the equivalent and that I, I'm not being biased, but I am being biased, but I also know that it's true. So Yes. I I mean, I also agree. Uh <laughs> and I think there will always be a reason not to start. And because it's turned into a little bit of a sales pitch, you can actually start at any day in January for Commit Six because we're leaving it open for January, which is very exciting. The other thing that I was going to say as you were talking is I hate the name now. Hate the name Commit Six because it insinuates that it's six weeks, right? And it, it's not. Like the majority of people stay for far longer than six weeks. Yeah. As much as like you can change your life in six weeks and you can, you know, make you, you get incredible results in six weeks but you need to maintain it for life like a better name would have been commit to life right maybe i will rebrand at some point but with the whole like searches and seo and stuff i'm like oh it's quite a lot to change a name but really the ethos is commit to life like this is a new normal that we're going to help you create because we don't want you just to get results we want you to maintain those results yeah so yeah, Emily, if that's not been a pep talk for you, I don't know what has. And Mic drop. do exactly what Andy says. Take the first step. If you're struggling, reach out. That is our only golden rule. The first steps is always the hardest. It's but it's also the it's it's the scariest, but it's also the most exciting. These are the thing. This is I think this is something that people many people don't see. I've always been like that. I've all I'll I'll balls out and just go for it. I don't care. Like if I fail, I fail. I learn from it. I move on. We work it that way. Um, I, you know, unless you try it, you don't know. So, what's the worst that could happen? What's worst could happen? You could find something that works for you for the rest of your life. That's not a bad thing to happen, is it? Yeah. I mean, the worst that could happen is you try and it doesn't work out, and you end up exactly where you are now, except that you've tried, you've learned something. Like yeah. this is my thing with people who don't like new year's resolutions as well they're like oh most people give up on them by the end of january what a waste of time i'm like what one stupid thing to say because what not everyone will give up and secondly if you exercise for a month for the month of january and then you do give up and you don't for the rest of the year it's still a brilliant thing to do like cool like you sure you it would have been better if you could maintain it and maybe it'd be better if you had the right support or you set sensible targets but realistically is it still better than not trying at all yes by a million percent yes of course it is so don't be disheartened by people that are like most people fail on their on their new year's resolutions bore off right the the reason that most people fail in in year's resolutions is the fact that they don't they don't set any goals they they kind of they don't have exactly as you said they don't have the support they don't have structure in place and these are the things that commit to six gives you we give you structure we give you support we give you help for building routine and habits and these are the things that you can extend your 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 new year's resolution with 
the support is probably the biggest part of it though. It's, you know, having someone that's in your corner is extremely important. You know, it's very it, something like I, I hate using the word journey because it, it's just shit. It's just the shittest word in the world. The fitness a fitness journey can be either a very lonely place or a very fulfilling place in terms of meeting new people. And like, you know, obviously we did, you and Amelia have done two level ups now and, you know, meeting people in the same boat as what we do and people who are there who aren't actually, you know, coaches, they're just there to learn more. You know, you find out that the fitness industry, I always say the fitness industry from the outside is, looks like it's built on vanity and um, narcissism. But actually, when you dig a little bit deeper in and you're amongst the right people, you realise it's a, it's a community that's built on support and guidance and trust and people being there for each other. Like, you know, the, the people that we've, that obviously we've crossed paths with, you know, there are, you know there, there are assholes in the industry. We don't like them either. That's just, that's just how it is. But the majority of people that, we, that I've come across in the industry, you know, are, are people you would quite happily um, go out for a, a drink with, go out and have and have a, a good chat with. And it's that's the support that you need, you know, you, and even as coaches, that's what, you know, we can we need that stuff as well. And having people to bounce off is always an important thing. Mm. Yeah, and this is the thing, it's never an ability problem. Like if you've tried to lose fat before and you have quite, quite failed or it hasn't worked for you, it's not because you're not able is because you didn't have the right support in place and you hadn't figured out what works for you yet. And it is amazing what you will discover that you can achieve when you have the right support and when you have people who just want the best for you. Like that is all we ever want as coaches. I think that's the amazing thing about a coach-client relationship is because a coach is external to the rest of your life, all we want is the best. Like, and this is the thing I have to keep reminding people. Like, for example, if we're like, I think you need to, the standard, I've been trying to diet on very low calories, but it's not been working. I think you need to increase your calories. And people are quite nervous about doing that. Like, I want you to lose fat. I want you to reach your goals. I wouldn't be telling you this if it wasn't the right thing for you to be doing. Like, I only, my only, like, bias is wanting the best for you. So I think you'll be surprised what you can achieve when you have that level of support, especially with the amount of experience that our coaching team has. <laughs> also, sorry, I'm quite ill. I've held in quite well till now. Right, I've got what, two. You've got, you got a wee cold. I've got a wee cold, day. A wee cold? Uh, Get some honey and lemon and ginger in you. Oh, oh no, that sounds disgusting. Um, But I will ask you a very quick question. Okay. Sure. Quick fire. Aldi are selling barbells and easy bars. What's the difference? My thoughts are barbells would be more versatile. I completely agree. I think the only thing you'd really use an easy bar for is biceps and maybe triceps. Whereas a straight bar, you can do anything with. You can squat with an easy bar, but it's fucking uncomfortable. You can um, smash into your neck a little bit. Uh, it's, it's just a bit strange. Uh, biceps, triceps for easy bar. Barbells always more... A barbell is always more uh, adaptable you can do much more with it and um, you can do a, you can't you can do a fair amount of stuff with a an easy bar but again that comes with experience and improvisation and i mean realistically you aside from things like cleans which might be a bit weird you can <laughs> she, probably i mean you can you can yourself. squat you can overhead press you can bench press with it like 
fine. I, but I mean, if it was a choice between the two and they're the same price, I'd just get a barbell. Barbell, yeah, barbell yeah. ones. Okay, last question from one of my one to ones. I really want to go back to my routine, but I, but I can feel it's going to be hard. I love the break and I've loved the rest. How how can I keep myself focused on wellness again? So basically, like most people, she had a bit of a break over Christmas. Now she's trying to get back into routine. How can she do it? Keep things simple. Um, don't try and overwhelm yourself by chucking in 500 things that you need to do per day. Pick five. Um, pick steps, training, calories, protein. Tick those boxes for the next two weeks. By the time you've hit your two weeks, add a fifth one in. Another two weeks, add a sixth one in. Build them in. Just focus on consistency and simplicity. They're the two, the two simple, two easy words that you that you need to to, to sort of focus on um, to get yourself back into your habits again. Because that's basically what they are. It's just yeah, keeping and things. If you do the basics, you won't need to add anything else. Like no, you're like, oh absolutely. yeah, do this and then add on a fifth thing. You won't ever need to because actually, if you do the fundamentals you'll get the results that you want you don't need to make it more complicated and that's often yeah. when people trip themselves up i think anyone listening that's trying to get back into routine focus on the next three days and don't look too far ahead because it can feel overwhelming to get back into something yeah. i've done a podcast on this it's called like getting back on track i'll link it in the show notes um but it essentially talks you through just setting some targets for the first three days and the reason I set three days is because once you do three days, you have momentum. And once you have momentum, it's so much easier. And we build this up to be this huge thing. And if you're like, you know, if I just say to you, do you think you could do this for three days? Most people are like, yeah, okay, right, do that. Don't worry about anything else. By the time you get to the third day, you've got momentum and you've got motivation because actually motivation comes from taking action. And by three days, you already start to feel better. So you're getting that feedback. And then it's so much easier to continue. So if you're feeling like most people are, but overwhelmed about getting started or getting back on track, focus on the next three days, set yourself some targets, hit them for three days, things that are going to make you feel good. My favorites are things like really like commit six has a morning routine. So do your morning routine for three days, get out for a walk every single day, journal every single day, get to the gym. I mean, three days, ideally, if you can, um, and build three meals around a protein source, getting six fruit and veg. Like, you know, it's kind of the basic stuff, but do it and be hard on yourself and do it for three days and you will be back into that routine and the rest will just flow. Yeah. Again, we come back to the sort of self-discipline stuff as well. Sometimes we just need to adult ourselves and get ourselves back to, back into where we were. Yeah, it's great to have a fun time and have overeat a little bit and stuff, but, you know, bringing yourself back in, it's the same thing as would you allow your if you had kids would you allow them to keep eating shit for the next for, for as long as they want no you would be like christmas is over sweeties are back in the cupboard and you're back rationed to one a day rather than 55 a day uh, and that's you're so back you to work of, in the coal mine get going yeah. jimmy you're up the, get up the chimney christmas, get up the is chimney. <laughs> christmas is over get back up that chimney start sweeping <laughs> um but I yeah i don't no, know why my head went there Oliver Twist, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, um, so, well, yeah. thank you very much for your excellent questions and your excellent brain, Andy. And we will be back very shortly. Oh.
that you enjoyed today's Q&A episode. If you are interested in signing up to Commit 6, you can sign up now and I will personally set your targets and send them over to you within 24 hours. How about that? Head over to esgfitness.co.uk forward slash commit to six.